This is A View from the Bunker. Now, here's Derek Gilbert. Ministering to the least of these, my brothers and sisters. That's this week on A View from the Bunker. Spiritual warfare is where the rubber meets the road for us as Christians, but often we treat it as though it doesn't really exist. Well, during the month of November, we're tackling this subject head on as we celebrate the release of Sharon's new novel, The Poisoned Pawn, book eight in the Red Wing Saga, a series that teaches spiritual warfare through compelling stories featuring characters that you come to know and love. As part of this special package, we're offering the important new book by our friend Vicki Joy Anderson, They Only Come Out at Night, where she looks at the phenomenon of night terrors or sleep paralysis, examines what the medical community says about it, and then digs into the spiritual forces behind it and the good news that there is a way to make it stop. We're also offering our two-disc DVD set, Unmasking the Ancient Gods, a series of presentations on spiritual warfare, everything from the UFO phenomenon to Jack the Ripper and spiritual warfare in the 19th century, which is really where the storyline of the Red Wing saga begins. Bought separately, this package is worth $65, but it's yours for just $35 plus shipping and handling during the month of November only. Our spiritual warfare special offer Available only at our online store, gilberthouse.org slash store. And as always, we thank you for your prayers and your support. Ministering to the downtrodden. Welcome to A View from the Bunker. I'm Derek Gilbert. That's our mission as Christians, but oftentimes in our churches, we want people to clean themselves up before we take them in and, uh, you know, make them members of the church. We're all guilty of this. I'm not excluding myself here. I'm not putting myself up as uh, an example to follow. We all like to be around, prefer to be around people who are already like us. But if we follow that through in our Christian walk, then we never reach outside the people who are already in the choir. That's the mission of our guests who are joining us this week. New guests, they reached out to me. It wasn't for the purpose of getting on the show, but... uh, When I saw what their ministry was, I thought, okay, this is a ministry that deserves to have attention turned their way. They are, as they describe themselves, ministering to the impoverished, homeless, addicted, mentally challenged, abused, and traumatized of this community. The people who need it most, often the ones who find the least help in our churches. They are the co-pastors at Church Without Walls in the Bakersfield area out in California. For the first time, we welcome Dave and Tanya Holt to the program. There's a movie, I don't know if you've seen it or not, Liam Neeson. I've only watched uh, little video clips of it where he talks about having a special set of skills or special skill set or whatever that uh, makes him uniquely qualified for a particular task, which in the context of that movie was uh, chasing down the bad guys who've kidnapped his daughter. Uh, But it it seems to me that... uh, I was uh, created with a weird set of skills that uh, make me suited for what it is I'm doing. But you two also seem to have a unique set of skills that have led you to this uh, this mission, the Church Without Walls, and the uh, the ministry that, uh, that that you've been called to, especially here these last few years. Um, t- talk a little bit and, and tell people what, what is Church Without Walls, and why do you minister? to the people you do. Okay. Church Without Walls is a, a ministry located in Oildale, California. It's right inside Bakersfield. It's a community called Oildale. And it's uh, one of the highest poverty areas in the United States. 
And um, there's a, a lot of people homeless, uh, people experiencing homelessness that we minister to and um, people that also have a mental illness and drug addiction and just at the lowest of lows that they can be in their lives. And um, both of us come from that. Um, seven years ago, Christ completely transformed my life. I was at rock bottom in the same area that a lot of these people that are we, we are ministering to are at. I was uh, had a very bad addiction to opiates and alcohol, um, prescription opiates, and it just kind of took control of my life. And I was neglecting my children and hmm. finally lost my job of 16 years and was just rock bottom on the streets where we're, we ministered to now. And um, luckily I had family members. I have five older brothers and my mom and dad and, and a large family that, that stepped in and they loved me enough to offer me help. And um, I so at the point when they came in seven years ago and offered me help, I uh, lost my my children to CPS and just lost my job at 16 years, sold everything I owned. I was just right on rock bottom, as low as you can go, suicidal. Um, uh, then uh, I accepted the help that they offered, and uh, Christ just within six months completely supernaturally changed my life around. I uh, delivered me from my addictions, my alcoholism, um, gave, gave me the same job that I lost, gave it back to me, and completely just— and, and sent my beautiful current wife, Tanya, into our lives, and she became the true mother of our children, the, our, our, the birth mother of our three children that, that live with us. Um, she uh, it just completely didn't do anything, just abandoned them. And within that six-month period, I, I gained them back from CPS with the help of my beautiful wife, and, um, and I thought that that was— that was the end of the story, right? But like God restored everything in my life and everything's good to go. And, but that wasn't the case at all. That, that was just the very beginning. Like I still wasn't, didn't know how to love. Like, I, I don't think any of us do without Christ in our life, know how to love genuinely, you know? So, um, we started, uh, actually God called her audibly and, and, and called her name. And she started reaching out to my brother, um, Joseph's wife. And she started mentoring her, and it led to us going to a church um, about five years ago, Dove Creek Bible Church, local church here. And I started playing uh, in the worship team, playing bass. Um, and uh, even at that point, I thought, okay, now we go. To, that's what life's about. You go to work and go to your Sunday service and play bass and go home and be be mean to your family the rest of the, the week, right? No, <laughs> that wasn't the case either. So he started, and I didn't have a heart for service or anything. I didn't understand service for the Lord. And uh, so she, one day that our, our pastor in the beginning of the service announced this ministry called church without walls that they were involved with. And it was uh, probably 107 degree degrees that Sunday. In <laughs> and, uh, and he said, if anyone wants to come out and help us uh, hand out pizza to the community in Oildale in the heart of Oildale, come on out. Like almost like half, half a joke, you know? And, um, so on the way home, my in the car with the kids, my wife looks at me and says, "Guess where we're going today?" So she kind of <laughs> drug me out there to oil though. Um, so and I did not want to be there. I remember this was five years ago. I was in the corner of, and it's literally a ministry with no walls. It's just a tent building, um, no sewer, no water, no electricity, nothing. Very very rudimentary. It's like a third world country <clears throat> mission opportunity in our own backyard, really. And uh, but I slowly started loving on the people. I, I 
God started opening my heart to that ministry and to and training me how to love my wife properly and my kids properly. And I got got a lot of mentors in my life and a couple of people disciple me through the scriptures. And and uh, about two years ago, the, the founder, Pastor Ben Hanna and his wife, Margie, um, they uh, moved to Texas and and uh, gifted us with the ministry. So a little over a year and a half now, we've been mm-hmm. ministering there in a, in a community where I personally didn't want to be. I, I thought that God, that was exactly where he delivered me from. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't understand why he'd bring me back there. But now it's all coming together that he, exactly what you said in the beginning, he's, we can, we're ministering to a community that are dealing with physical addictions, mental illness, spiritual things going on. There's a, there, emotional stress from PTSD, from trauma in their lives. And it's a combination of those four things, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And we can relate to all four of those things in our lives. And I'll mm-hmm. let her talk a little bit about what she's gone through as well that brought brought her there. But um, like you said, we he's he brought us through that, through the worst of the worst, from that darkness into his marvelous light. And he did that for us to be able to to share that with others, to, to, to walk them through that, to be like my family was the bridge. Christ utilized my family to be the bridge from darkness to light. Some of these people, they're, they, they're blacklisted from their family. There's, they have no one, and they're homeless on the streets, addicted to fentanyl, ODing in, in front of our church there. And, and it's um, – so we, we – that's our – our mission there is to demonstrate the love of Christ by encouraging relationships and building relationships with them and getting to know them and eye contact. And sometimes it takes a long time for them to even open up and trust us. But once they do, we can see Christ working in their life. They'll start coming to our Bible studies, coming to our services. And it's amazing to see what Christ can do by just us showing that love to them. And and it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't, you don't have to, Wait until your life gets better to come to Christ. That's not you come to Christ when your life's at the bottom and he's the one that changes it. Yeah. It's not the other way around. And, and, and he did that in our lives. Well, Tanya, that was one of the things I noticed at your website and uh, people watching. If you're watching this at YouTube or listening uh, wherever, uh, just check the show notes because I've got a link to the church website here. Um, I noticed that you've gone through some training from MillionKids.org, and we had the opportunity about seven years ago to meet Opal Singleton, now Opal Singleton Hendershot, and uh, was really impressed with her ministry and what she was training us. I, you know, Sharon and I, we 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 met on the internet back when only twenty percent of America was on the internet, so we're we're early adopters for technology. And she was sharing with us apps that kids are using to be groomed by predators that we never heard of. So we were really startled by that. But I saw that on your website as part of your training. What is it then? How have you been led, and how has training like that prepared you for what you're doing right now? Um, well, my, I, I've been through a lot of abuse, um, excuse me, in previous relationships and, and in my marriage until my husband was transformed amazingly. Hmm. Um, and a lot of, uh, just about every single, well, yes, all of the abuse came from, um, I noticed there was a root cause, which was pornography, um, another person's pornography use. 
And um, so I um, ha- I need I I went through a few years of um, recovering and um, understanding my own trauma and PTSD complex PTSD. And um, through that, the Lord just really sent me on a journey of um, research and training and um, has brought me brought me to this point with with David that um, one of the one of the important aspects um, that that I bring to to our ministry is, is being able to be there for, for those, um, as far as trauma counseling and, um, building those relationships with them so that, um, because they don't trust, they don't trust anyone. Mm -hmm. And, um, once we start building those relationships, they, and, and we are very transparent to the people that cross our gate there. Um, that's one thing that, that we is really important for us to be is extremely transparent to them so that they can build, start building that trust and know that they can come to each one of us, um, with some sort of understanding. And, um, so on my journey of research and training, um, I, I did a lot of, uh, research through podcasts. Um, and Opal, somehow I stumbled upon her Million Kids podcast, and um, I, I was just—I mean, she's she's like a pioneer. She a, is a true pioneer yeah. in this. And um, so I had been listening to her for a few years, and then uh, just about a year or more ago, I contacted her because um, one of her podca- podcasts she was talking about the different types of um, pimps and in the sex trafficking. And um, um, she ended on there's familial trafficking that goes on. And familial trafficking is very heavy um, where there's meth use. And she ended it right there. I'm like, wait, don't end it. I need more. I need to know because that is exactly where what we minister to is meth addicts. I mean, they're meth and fentanyl and I, it's just riddled. So um, so I contacted her asking her um, for some, you know, some more advice on it. How do I how do I reach how do I reach the people that I, that we're ministering to with that? How do I help me, uh, what are the signs and, and so on. Um, and, and she said, you know, I, I need to just call you and we can have a conversation. So we talked (laughs) on the phone for over an hour. And, um, ever since then, she has become such a pivotal mentor in my life. Um, and on the path that, that, um, that I'm going with a added ministry that we have, which is called close the gate. Um, and close the gate is close the gate on pornography, the gateway to, um, domestic violence, um, child predators and, um, 
you're making me blank out here. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> domestic violence, sex trafficking, and child predators. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, you know, a lot of our women, I mean, 99% of homeless women are fleeing or have fled a uh, yeah. domestic violent um, relationship. Wow. And, and now they're yeah. on the street and or they've been out there for years and years. And now that they're living on the street, they're open to even more violence. Re-traumatized. Re, re, I mean, they are sexually assaulted on a... Our cat's going crazy. A lot, yeah, our cat keeps, <laughs> wants to take part, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> our dachshund used to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So our, the women that cross our gate, they're unfortunately they're they're violated sexually on a, a lot. Yeah. Um, and so my heart lies in in the trauma and um, helping them through that, and um, especially the children today. The, yeah. The, the, so there's such an attack on children with the whole sexual realm and. Um, all of that. So close the gate is a education and awareness and um, counseling and all of that. This is something that uh, I think even a lot of secular researchers, a lot of secular counselors will acknowledge, but uh, they will look to sexual sec, secular tools to try to uh, heal children. And obviously this is something that's cl- kind of close to our heart. One of the reasons Sharon and I moved to the Ozarks was to partner with Skywatch TV and uh, Whispering Ponies Ranch. Yep. which works yep. with Royal Family Kids, dealing with kids age 9 through 11 in foster care. And I'm sure you know that uh, those are children that are at much higher risk, st- statistically speaking, of yeah. being yes. trafficked, of becoming uh, addicted to pornography or drugs or taking part in it, uh, at prostitution. It's just it's not a lifestyle that is conducive to building happy, healthy family relationships, which then impacts the following generations, or living a normal lifespan yeah they tended they tend to die young um and it sounds like you were both on that track before uh god intervened where does the where does this uh interact then with the spirit realm what what who's behind this um attack on children and on families um from a looking at this from a biblical and spiritual perspective who's behind it and uh how do you then address it well, it's like like I said, it's a mixture between physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And it takes God has to give you discernment one on one. That's why you have to build a relationship with that person because some of them, yeah, there's some mental stuff there that maybe medication can help. I'm, I'm not too big on medication, but there are some chemical imbalances. Mm-hmm. Like in my in my aspect, seven years ago, I had a chemical imbalance due to stopping opiates abruptly mm-hmm. and, and my, I developed uh, they labeled me schizophrenic bipolar and put me on some medication and then three months later it complete I was off my medication and never had any more symptoms of, of that at all and and that was a, in my case it was mainly spiritual mm. but um, some, some people they have they have that mental and you have you have to acknowledge that I mean all of it the base is spiritual <laughs> you know what I mean but that's the we, we, we battle not against flesh and blood, but principle, principles and powers in heavenly places. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's it's, it takes discernment on, on how much to spend on the emotional side, the physical side, the, the mental side and the, the 
spiritual side because they, they if you if you can get them to stop using the drugs and maybe get on a medication and then uh and and the counseling with for, with emotional with my wife with getting down to that root cause there's a cause why they're running to drugs all the time or, or running into bad relationships all the time there's a root post-traumatic stress cause of that from childhood trauma usually and she's really good with getting at the root of that and then then i i i i more lean towards the spiritual side because that's what happened with me i mean it was literally i went through an a time seven years ago where it was when i look back on it it it, it, it was that sevenfold principle where i was choosing christ and Satan and his minions did not like that, and they were coming at me sevenfold, and I, I had experiences with what I thought were gray aliens and stuff, and, and but now looking back on it, it was completely spiritual, and, and, um, and I could see that. So when someone comes up and tells me that they're seeing aliens or they saw this, this UFO or this or that, and it's bringing them into the – I can – I don't tell them they're crazy and, and – to go take a pill, I sit down with them and tell them, okay, well, there is a spiritual aspect of this. Those aren't aliens from some other planet. These are, this is the demonic realm, fallen angels or disembodied spirits of the Nephilim, whatever, however you want to parse it. It's, it's not from a different planet and it's true. It's real. It's more real. And that's kind of the angle that I, that I, I try to, um, explain to them that because they're all wrapped up in this and witchcraft and this stuff and they think they're they're doing magic with their mind and this and that and 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 they're getting into this new age stuff and they they and i bring them back to look if this is i i, I point them to the bible and saying okay if this is what you're all excited about right now if that's real and it is real and it's real to you that's the counterfeit power okay that's the tarp power if that's real then the real power of the Holy Spirit and all this stuff it says about Jesus Christ and all this, this is real. And he could change you and your circumstances exactly like he changed my life. And I try to get them excited about that. And 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 um, usually they ask more questions and come back and then we can we can get uh, we can get to the bottom of it. With, with teaming with my wife and other people in our ministry, we can um, minister minister to all those aspects. And they, usually we can see progress if they stop their if they stop the drugs and they 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 start reading the Bible. I mean, you you get a Christ Christ centered things in your life. The music you listen to, everything you consume, start doing Christ centered stuff, fellowship, worship, and and the Christ is going to start changing that. He's the only thing that can change that in, in this world. Are, are they more open when you when you encounter people who've been through things like this, who who've been through? Uh, sp- supernatural experiences, whether they think it's gray aliens or witchcraft or whatever, are they more open to hearing the gospel message to say, Hey, okay, look, you've experienced these things. I believe you. Yes. Let's exactly. explore this. Yes. Uh, because that, we, as, as our friend, Elia Marzuli says, we, we have this book here that is the guidebook to exactly. the supernatural. Yes. That's, that's just, that's the, the uh, series of sermons I started right now. And I, I'd like to thank you for, the encouragement as far as you and, and Josh Peck and L.A. Marzulli and the whole Skywatch team and 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 that that you have inspired us to be able to speak about this stuff in supernatural terms and, and, and not be shy about it. I mean, it is what it is. Like, like your whole the, the giants, gods and dragons. I mean, yes, <laughs> let's let's talk about what what it is. Don't don't go around it and try to come up with some other 
theological reasoning for something, if it's supernatural, it's supernatural. If you can believe, you say, if people say they believe Jesus Christ raised from the dead, then all the other stuff is also supernatural and true, you know? And and if we, we teach them that, that this, like this last sermon, I did it on Bible prophecy, right? And just trying to show them kind of like Chuck Missler does with the Bible prophecy and if, if the mathematics behind it and all that. And if they could get, people get interested in that. Mm-hmm. And yes, if you tell if you they come to you and they say that they're experiencing stuff with uh, demons or or aliens or whatever, and if you say yes, I believe you, and then pull out the Bible and start showing them where it talks about it in there, it, it leads to the gospel, and 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 that's the only thing. The gospel is the only thing that has the power to save them, no matter what secular society says. That is the only thing that will save them. Hmm. So yes, what you said about getting them interested, and then. Pointing them to Jesus, you get them interested with what they're already battling, and it's true. Don't tell them they're crazy. You and they're excited about it already. You know what I mean? Because I've mm-hmm. been there. I went through it, and also the transparency, us being transparent with it. I, I, I do, I'm not shy about any of the stuff that happened to me. I will tell people, yes, I thought I was battling gray aliens, <laughs> but it wasn't. It was this, and this is what saved me. And this is the light that you can come to in Jesus to get away from that darkness. And, and like, I also wanted to share like that. Um, we've had numerous experiences, supernatural as a family, even as far as e- even a nuts and bolts craft that, that, that we saw coming over on the way to Walmart lights pop popping up. And it was like a football field craft following up to the point where our son Lucas said, daddy, stop looking at it. Stop looking at it. And we, we kind of pulled over and it, it changed into a different form and it disappeared. Our entire family saw this thing. Wow. And this is right. Granted, this is right when we took over the ministry a couple of years ago, when we started getting more involved in the ministry. OK, so mm-hmm. and we and my wife and I would watch Christ centered programming all the time. We'd watch sermons and and, and teachings and this and that. And our children, our son, Lucas was seven. Logan was five and Lauren was nine at this time. And they. Uh, they noticed that they noticed our lifestyle change over the past five years. And then we, that's all we are involved with is ministry and Christ centered things. Once that happened, because I have a history of liking ancient aliens and that whole, and that was what I was all about before Christ. That was, mm-hmm. I was like a new ager without even knowing it. Hmm. Okay. And, and then we started getting more after that experience. We started, well, let's, what about this UFO documentary? What about this? So we started watching for a couple months, secular, one. secular yeah. uh, alien, ancient aliens. Again, I started watching and, and Lucas is no, he's a very inquisitive child. He's noticing this. And Derek, he comes to me and, and about three months later and says, says, daddy, uh, I've noticed you're watching a lot of UFO stuff. And, Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. It interests me since we've seen that. And he says, "Well, Daddy, do do you love do you love UFOs more than you love Christ?" Hmm. And it just completely floored me. And I was like, "Wow!" So, so Christ spoke to to our son. That's what they want to do. They want us to get that. I believe, like I, I Timothy Alberino said, there was a reason that that thing showed up in front of him. The, his first experience, right? right there was right. a reason for it. It could have been military, whatever. I don't know what that thing was that we saw, but I know that its reason was not a good reason. It was trying to get me sidetracked back into that stuff because it knew that we were taking over this ministry in a community that needs it very badly. And, and he knew the, the plans that Christ had, and he doesn't like them. Left and right, we see like, like arrows coming at us from left and right. 
and we just got to stay Christ-centered. We try to we get, but but your programming with Skywatch and and you and 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 uh, sure. the whole team there, Sharon and Tom Horn and everybody, L.A. Marzulli, all that 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 you do it in a way where every single programming you do, you point to Christ. You know what I'm saying? You will talk about that, and that's where I'm landing now. Is it's okay to talk about this stuff, right? Right. But it's got to point to Christ. It's got to come back to Christ. Amen. Amen. Every it's, single time. It's not to be sensational. It's not to say, "Hey, yes. look at this cool new thing that we discovered." Yeah. Um, and you know, I'll admit, early on, it was a fascination with the uh, the Nephilim that led me into this. I, you know, yeah. the the only book I could find was L.A. Marzulli's novel at the local yes. library branch when I first tra- never heard the Nephilim preached in, in church until I was like thirty five, thirty six years old, and then uh, all I could get was uh, L.A. Marzulli's novel. But that led to the research that's led to this. And, and the more you dig into it, the more you realize it all, as you say, it all points back to Christ. I mean, w- w- why did Jesus base his ministry where he did? It, there was for a reason for that, the geographic, but also a supernatural reason for it. Exactly. And this, this all comes together. Uh, Tanya, I'm, I'm curious about something, because this is something that we see over and over again. Um, the, the connection between trauma and the uh, the use of it for ritual purposes, but also trauma leading to uh, self destructive behavior. And uh, w- what is the relationship? What's the uh, link between supernatural activity, these spiritual influences, and trauma? In other in other words, do people do bad things to other people because? They're being influenced by the spirit realm, or is this a gateway that the spirits use to, you know, to to open the gateway in other people, or is it a, is it like a cycle? Is it is it yes and both? <laughs> well, I mean, trauma. There's one of the one of the biggest uh, root things about trauma is that many of us do not have any self-worth. Trauma takes our self-worth. And when we don't have any self-worth, the sky's the limit to, um, you know, to, to the enemy. The enemy can come in so quickly and so easily because along with that is the vulnerabilities in, <clears throat> excuse me, in, in all of our, every aspect of our lives. And um, one thing I found really interesting some years back, um, before Christ was, you know, before I, w- I even came to Christ. Um, so I never, I didn't connect it with the enemy or, or any of that beforehand. But um, there was a statistic years back that 90% of people who have been sexually abused um, are very fascinated with the occult, Mm. very fascinated with um, tarot cards, um, you know, just every aspect of it. And I Mm. found that really interesting because most of my life I, I was taken very taken by, um, by the occult, by tarot cards, by crystals, by palm reading, um, all of that, um, uh, channeling, um, you know, 
you name it, it was it it had a, a very strong hold on me. And um, you know, Satan is he's the greatest deceiver, right? And um and he packages these things in such beautiful packages sometimes. <laughs> yes. I mean yeah. I, towards the end, um, before I turned to Christ, I was like really heavily into um, angel cards and and all, and that whole that whole area of it. And um, angel angel cards. The, how, how are those different from tarot cards? They're not. They're not. That's the point. They're, they're not. not. Gotcha. They're, they're not ju- at all. Used to deceive a, people and say, "Oh, it, well, angels. Okay, angels. Yeah. As a Christian, we like angels. Angels are good." Yes, it's actually right. infiltrated. Uh, well, it's it's said to have infiltrated a couple major um, churches. We uh, we have heard that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so when I started to turn to the Bible and study the Bible and and learn about all the you know the different areas about where where they talk about about the occult and how you know, no, (laughs) you stay away from that. That's, that's the enemy. And I I was just astonished, just absolutely astonished by the depth of deceit that, that Satan, Satan has that, that he, I mean, we are, we can be so blind um, without Christ. We are eyes sewn shut. Hmm. We cannot see it. And, um, and I mean, I, I never, I was never into Wicca, um, you know, or, or any of, any of those. Um, and so they package it to where, well, there's the light side, the bright side of the occult, the good side. And then there's the dark side of the occult when the truth is it's all dark and it's, um, uh, Josh Peck's silent cry was such, you know, such a, an amazing, um, documentary that, you know, I didn't, I honestly didn't know about satanic rituals, um, sexual, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how, how, how it's always tied to, to sex and sexual abuse and, and all of that. Um, and the closer, the closer I'm with Christ and, and the more I journey, you know, he leads me into the ministry ministries that we are, we're involved in. Um, it's, it's all wrapped up in Satan. All of it is sexual abuse, um, trafficking, all, all of that is, um, it's all Satan. And, and, um, um, so if I'm hearing you correctly, the bottom line is that uh, this type of, of abuse of another person, especially a child mm-hmm. who, who doesn't have the emotional maturity and intellectual maturity to understand when somebody does a bad thing to you, that it's not your fault, especially yeah, right. if it's somebody who is a position of responsibility, a parent or a guardian who should be protecting them. Yeah. This this damages that child 
destroys that sense of self-worth, which opens then the doorway to these deceptions. Hey, this can give you power. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This yep. can this can make you powerful or beautiful or desirable or or what have you. While at the same time, the person who's perpetrating the abuse is fulfilling some spiritual, some dark spiritual need that has been implanted in him by a principality, power, demon, whatever you want to call it, yes. uh, serving a dual purpose then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something else that's uh, that I just discovered recently, um, I'm doing a lot of research on fentanyl and um, the drug cartels, because um, I'm going to be doing a speech on that um, next month. And on, on million kids, right? Or from from, from um, million kids. yeah, from okay. from Opal on her children's fund. Um, well, it's not hers, but but yes, I will be partnering with with Opal, and um, she led me to to these presentations on children's fund network. So um, next month I'll be doing one on on fentanyl, and one thing that I just recently learned about was that. The drug cartels, there, um, many of them are a practice Santeria. It's yes. very heavy in in that um, area um, or in that organi- those organizations. And so, so there again, you have the sex trafficking that are all you know ran by cartels, and um, and there it is, Santeria. Um, you know, the it's the dark side. I mean, being ruled by the and and worshiping the dark side. And yeah. I, in fact, I did an interview with a gentleman who's an expert on this named Tony Kale about four years ago, um, who's written a book on um, what he calls the narco cults of Mexico. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, this is it's not just Santeria, but it's a Santa Muerte um, and a number of other uh, what what experts would call folk. Um, folk deities or what or whatever folk religions, but uh, and, and now Disney makes movies about them and mm-hmm. indoctrinates our children with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is really a lot darker than uh, than what Disney makes out. Oh yeah, oh yeah, exactly. Right. Yes. Yeah, it is. This is um. Well, again, this is where really where the rubber meets the the, the spiritual rubber meets the road, uh, where you get uh, the kind of gateways that have been opened through abuse or through drugs. Um, how, how do you get somebody from, from that point where they're, they've hit bottom, uh, like, like you did Dave, where, where you you can show them, I mean, how do you convince somebody who's just been ground down to a pulp by this satanic assault, demonic assault to destroy their sense of self-worth, get them dependent on these things that uh, destroy them physically, leave them with no sense of self-worth. Nobody could possibly love me. How do you get them, present to them the gospel message and say, yes, you know what? The one who spoke the entire universe into creation died for you. Yes. How do you get them to accept that message? Well, well, I believe it starts with a relationship. Honestly, you'd start by... Tending to their physical needs, that they need food, they need clothes, and they need someone to love them. That no one had tells them that there's, I won't get it, there's someone today that we've been ministering to a lot over the past couple of years that finally is opening up to us more. It was his birthday, we got him a cake, and he's opening up more. My wife knew, found out more about his early trauma, and, and, uh, 
It's, it's, so it starts with the relationship. Christ works through relationships. So it's like eye contact. The very first thing is you, you, sometimes you have to get down to their level and, and get that eye contact and say, what's your name? Then remember their name. Remembering their name is huge. The next time you see them and be honest about it, if you don't remember it, say, Hey man, I want to get to know you. What is, I forget your name. What is it? And then you get after a couple of times minister to their physical needs Minister to uh, their emotional needs and, and do all when you do all that and then you are transparent with them and, and what, what Christ has done in our lives. I could say, hey, I've been there. I've been there. I, I don't go. We don't go straight to the Bible. They can come to our Bible studies and listen to our Bible studies. But we're one on one relationship. It's about getting to know that person and show them that they're loved. OK. And then you start getting into the identity of Christ stuff like. Like all, all this stuff that you, you've believed your entire life about yourself, your, your life script, your life scripts that you've been um, fed by your yeah. parents, by your friends, by people who abused you, by society, by the movies you watch, all, all that's a lie. And here's the truth. And then spend, so, so it's like it's starts with a relationship, ministering to their basic needs and that by doing that. By feeding them, by giving them clothes, we do a shower ministry every Thursday. They, we, we give them new clothes, and and they shower up, and we barbecue hot dogs back there with them, listen to worship music in the background. They start liking the worship music they're hearing while we're cooking barbecue, barbecue and hot dogs, and conversations pop up about Christ because Pastor Penny and my, my wife and I and Pastor Ben will start talking about our Bible study at home fellowship or something, and, it start, and they'll ask more questions, and it just – Christ takes it from there. So – as far as what we do, we just are obedient to ministering to their needs, loving on them, and then Christ kind of comes out in us in our daily tasks of, of, of running that ministry. It, it comes out, and and um, hmm. that that's what that's what I've seen happen is they they notice that you are loving on them, and they're they trip out on why, and they 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 start coming more often. And the, there's this, here's a story. Okay. This guy, Raphael about a, oof, I'm getting the spiritual willies right now. Okay. So <laughs> Raphael about a year ago starts coming to our Bible studies. When we took it over, we started a Bible study before the service on Sunday night. Every Sunday night, we just opened up to the community, a Bible study. He started coming and um, started opening up, I remembered his name and starting to get him no more, hugging him when he comes and, he, he he about a couple months ago he he shared we do a thing called hand of god in the beginning of our bible study we open it up to anyone that wants to share anything they want to share that's on their heart how god's working in their life how he's not working in their life uh, something that some story that happened whatever they want to share we open it up well he he opened up and looked around the whole group and it it, it came from we started with like two or three people at this bible study in that community to now it's like 30 35 people sometimes in this Bible study. And he just, he, he looked around and said, you know what? I feel at home here. I feel like hmm. this is my family. And he looked at me and says, who now, and nowadays who remembers your name? Who does that? And he was just amazed. And, uh, and, and we got closer and closer and, and he got baptized at our church. Okay. When Praise he God. first started coming, he's told us he didn't believe any of this. And then, then he got, then he's like, wow, and gets baptized. And he, you could tell he's got the, the Holy Spirit in him and he's getting more involved asking questions at our Bible study. Well, he just passed away a couple of weeks ago. Oh, my. So, so that's just one story. I'm telling you, Derek, if, if the entire ministry that we got put, put into, 
if it was just for that one person, it would be worth it. So, so that to, to answer your story, you know, I mean, your question <laughs> in, in a long, long fashion there, I apologize, but that is what it, what it is. It's relationships, loving them like Christ would love them. We, we've got a, a, as you know, a fentanyl crisis around the country, opioid crisis, uh, but we've also got a crisis of uh, the sexualization of our children, um, Opal yeah. Singleton. That's one of the reasons we brought her out here to the Ozarks and, and uh, featured her on Skywatch TV. Uh, and you've got a couple. I've got a couple of interviewers with her from back in 2015. I'll have to make sure I get those up on our, our app for people to go back and listen to Opal because she is right on it. Um, oh, there's a documentary called Sextortion that she brought us out to Santa Barbara Mo- Movie Festival to watch that she was involved with. That documentary would blow so many people away. With it, how- it, uh, yeah, I'm, well, I mean, ju- just thinking about it from a, a logistical standpoint, if you're a parent or a grandparent and your child is going to bed with that phone at night, you are yes. letting people into their bedroom after hours yes. that you have no idea who they are. Exactly. And that's what's going at around. At any age. At any age. At any age. This is the kind of thing would not have happened. You know, I'm 60 years old now. I guarantee you some stranger came to our house at nine o'clock on a weeknight and said, yeah, can I go visit, uh, you know, Derek or Sandy in their room? It's like, yeah, dad would have said uh, over my dead body. But now because of the Internet and because of Internet connected phones and tablets, um, this is this is the norm rather than the exception. So we've got we've got a crisis, a, a spiritual crisis in this country. So there's a need for more people to um, get involved in the type of ministry that you're doing. But for people who might hear your description of what you do and think, oh, no, no, I'm I'm not ready for this. This is the deep end of the pool. What encouragement would you have for people who see a need in their community and say, okay, Lord, if not me, then who? How would you encourage them to go about it? I would encourage them to take the first step and to to get out there and, and get involved with something at first, like it happened with me. Just going out there to serve pizza that that one night changed into what's going on now with us. So if you don't think you're ready, you are ready. Moses didn't think he was ready. If there's a need out there that needs to be filled, and and I would encourage you to step out in faith. You don't need to see the whole plan. Sometimes you can't (laughs) see the whole plan. Sometimes it would ruin it if you saw the whole plan, like Tom Horn says. It would be, it would be ruined. So, yeah. so just take that first step and have faith and obedience leads to blessing. Maybe not a blessing in your life, but a blessing in someone else's life. If you take that first step, there's going to be some type of blessing for the end game of bringing more people to Jesus Christ. Sharon likes to bring up Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Yes. Uh, but yes. uh, that, you know, we, we want God to be a high beam down the highway for us so we can yes. see what's coming way down the road instead of just that, that verse promises he'll be a light to my feet. That means the next yeah. step ahead of yeah. you. You can see there's a path there. You don't know where it's leading, yeah. but having the faith that that path is going where God wants it to go, that's the... Uh, that's the difficult part. It's giving God the wheel and letting him drive. And uh, most of us, self-included, don't really uh, don't really feel comfortable doing that. And uh, so that, that takes a little re, uh, reorganization or priorities. Um, one of the questions I, I'm curious about, I didn't want to put this up front, but uh, as, as we get toward the end of our time here, because, I, again, I like to keep these interviews to a manageable length for people. I know we're all busy. Uh, this is important information, but uh, Tanya, I'm curious— 
when when Dave was going through his struggles and his troubles, what was it that you saw in him that said it's worth the effort to work through this? Mm. Um. Well, he. When we. Um. Yeah. Okay. So. Hundred percent transparency, baby. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> All right. So it was. It was two years worth of abuse. Um, and before he transformed and, you know, the Lord audibly called my name one day in the backyard when I was just, just absolutely, I wasn't looking for, for the Lord. I wasn't, um, at all. I, I just was on my knees done with everything, Mm. (laughs) everything. And, um, and the Lord called my name and he literally said, come to me. And, um, and I was like, but I don't know how, (laughs) and, um, (laughs) you know, and then that, that led to me getting closer to, um, having that mentorship with my sister-in-law and burying myself into, um, independent, um, by myself, Bible studies, um, and and it was through it was through all that that if we cling to the Lord, cling to Him through through our troubles and and so forth, our discernment starts to um, grow. Like we start to we're, we can start to separate. You know, is this our own thoughts um, or is this the Lord telling us, giving us discernment, um, and and through it all, the Lord just said, you know, just keep going, just keep going. And, um, and there was one point, uh, during that, that two years that he actually strongly told me that I need to leave, that it's, I want you to, I want you to go. I want you to, if it means going to a shelter, I want you to go. And I kept fighting that. I was like, no way, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna leave, I'm not gonna do it. And then finally I I was obedience. We have to be obedient. And through obedience, blessings come. And um and so I mightily faced my husband and told him, that's it, I'm leaving. At the end of this month, I'm I'm out of here. And, um, and boom, uh, you know, slowly, but surely after that, he started transforming. Christ and, started transforming me and transforming me. And the I Lord, the Lord was just like, all I wanted you to do was stand up for yourself for once because you mm. never have. Hmm. That's, that's what I needed you to do. Now I'm going to bless this family and. It's going to, you know, and so it has really been quite the journey. I kind of see it as like the more that she clung to, that's all she had was, was her mentorship and the Bible and the Lord. And she clung to it and clung to it. And if it wasn't for that, I w- it wouldn't have brought me with it. She brought me with it. It reminds me of how, um, uh, I believe it's Peter says that, that, or that women should, should, uh, Quietly, they they can influence their husband 
in that way by 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 not forcibly, but by by their by example. By example, yes, hmm. exactly. That that's remarkable because that's not the message that uh, our culture would give today. No, no, it's not. And for some women, staying is not the answer. Uh-huh. For some women, they do need to they do need to leave. I am, you know, I'm I never. I never will tell a woman what she needs to do. Hmm. If she wants to leave, I'm there to support her and help her with our safety plan. And if she doesn't want to leave, I'm right there for her too. And I'm right there to, um, to help her, um, be that, that ear that, that listen, sit there and listen. Um, because that's what people who are traumatized need. They need people who will sit there quietly and just listen um, because they often can't get that from their families. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. maybe they've run, they've run their welcome out with, um, discussing things that, that aren't changing, but, but they're still in that process of they're in that journey. Um, and they still need to be heard. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, part of what helps them get through um, some of that. So, um, so I, I advocate for both. And again, that's where discernment and wisdom comes into play, which uh, all of us uh, need and uh, depend on our creator to, uh, to exactly. provide. Um, speaking of needs, what needs do, does your ministry, Church Without Walls, have and how can people support you? Um, currently, we're actually um, in a, a phase of a construction project in the planning phases of it with, with Kern County, and, and we have um, we're we're not going to have any walls, but we are doing instead of a tent structure, it's going to be an open carport type structure for the sanctuary, and we're bringing um, sewer a sewer line on. We're bringing power finally to the facility, and um, and water. So we're gonna right now every Thursday for our showers we 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 go and get a shower trailer, bring it on site, drain it, and all, all this. We're gonna have permanent. We're gonna have the sanctuary and also permanent showers. We're doing four permanent showers, two two restrooms, um, a little tiny office area, and a storage. Uh, so we'll, we'll have a sanctuary building, and then right across from it, a small uh, building with with all the amenities that we need. And eventually we will have a um, cafeteria structure in the back open, also just carport structure with like a little outside kitchen for our, our cooking needs and stuff. And I, I saw your uh, five and ten yesterday talking about that that 15 by 15 little rest one restroom building costing one point seven million dollars <laughs> yeah. in, in San Francisco. In, uh, San yeah. Francisco. yeah. And uh, yeah, th- this is only costing four hundred thousand, but it, but it's a lot more than just one one restroom. Yeah, uh, so Church Without Walls is not just a, a clever name. This is literally a church, literally without literally. walls. Yes. yes, a literal church with no wall, without walls, and no water, no sewer, no. We every it takes an hour and a half for us to get set up. Every single service we do, we go and take out a generator, set up all the chairs, set up all the sound equipment, and then put it away afterwards. So. And then in 100-degree heat, 112-degree heat, yeah. we don't have any air conditioning. We don't um, – it is a mission. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the mission it's, field for sure it, in your own backyard. It really is. So donation needs um, – if 
anyone is ever interested in um, donating towards our building funds, um, they would definitely need to put put that in the notes um, so that we can keep that separate. So they allocate it for the yeah. building funds. Um, and then we we always are in need of um, we do our showers every Thursday for the homeless. Mm -hmm. um, so men's clothing is very hard to come by donation wise. And in that community, um, for some reason, 34 and 36 pant size. 32 through 38. 32 through 38. Sorry. <laughs> 32 through 38 jeans for men. Yeah. And um, they're, they're like gold in our, in our yeah, community. Yeah. That is very hard to come by. Hmm. <laughs> and you've got contact information at, uh, at your website where people can reach out to you uh, via email and uh, also by phone. Yep. Yes. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Well, I'll put it all on our website. Yes. Yeah. All right. So we'll put links in you the show notes. Six six one seven four seven one two five one. All right. Uh, and if you didn't didn't write that down or didn't hear it quickly enough, just check the show notes because it'll be at the website uh, Church Without Walls and uh, again that's in the notes below the video or the audio wherever you're watching or listening to this podcast. Uh, Dave and Tanya Holt, uh, God bless you. Again, this is uh, this is really where. Uh, again, ministry is be, being done. And I see you've got the verse on your website, uh, as you've done for the least of these, my brothers and sisters, as the word in Greek means both, uh, you have done for me. And and this is, uh, yep. this, this is where it happens. So um, if you're in California and you can lend a hand in the Bakersfield area, Church Without Walls, uh, Dave and Tanya Holt, they can certainly use your help. If you're in need of help, they've got a wonderful list of resources at the website as well. Uh, a variety of things, education, but also um, legal counseling and so forth. And uh, so check out that website and uh, we will uh, we will continue to stay in touch with you too. Glad you reached out and uh, I pray that uh, we can uh, direct some attention and some uh, resources your way. Right on. Thank you so much. It was an honor yeah, speaking with you. Yeah, it was you. wonderful to meet you and, and to speak with you. Yeah. I'll put a link to their church website in the show notes at vftb.net, or if you're watching this at YouTube, youtube.com slash Gilbert House. You'll find that again in the notes below. And uh, we thank you for giving us some of your time and attention this week. If you could take a moment, if you're watching on YouTube, to hit the subscribe button, hit the uh, button for notifications so that every time we post something new here, you get uh, the alert. But as a backup, as a backup, I ask you to take a moment to go to our website, gilberthouse.org or vftb.net, and hit the link in the menu bar that says Get Our Free App. Why? Because you never know when the uh, powers that be might take offense to something that we've said, um, and not even something new. Because they hit us with a strike just a few weeks ago for something that I said 18 months ago. January of 2021. You might remember there was a little, you know, political unrest going on here in the United States at that time. Anyway, 18 months later, they took offense to something and hit us with a strike for it. So you never know. And if you get our free app, you get all of our video content, this weekly podcast, plus Sci Friday, Unraveling Revelation, and the audio program, our weekly Bible study, The Gilbert House Fellowship. Now, you could subscribe to all of our podcasts separately because we've got outlets out there. We're trying to propagate through the internet as often as we can, as much as we can. But uh, if you can do it, get it all in one place, right to your smartphone or tablet, that's the way to do it. Because the company that hosts all of the content on our app is a Christian company that will not censor us. 
And so you bypass the gatekeepers of big tech. Again, it is free, available for iOS, Android, Amazon, Kindle Fire phones and tablets, also available for uh, Roku and Apple TV. So you can put it up on the big screen. The mobile app has the advantage of an audio Bible schedule of our upcoming Bible studies and a calendar of our upcoming events. Those things not on Roku or Apple TV. But uh, either way, it is free, produced, hosted, maintained by a Christian company. We are happy to give them the business. And uh, again, it's a way to bypass the uh, potential gatekeepers of big tech. So we encourage you to take advantage of that. Again, gilberthouse.org slash app or VFTB. Look for the link in the menu bar that says uh, get our free app. A uh, couple of things to tell you about in our cal- on our calendar coming up. Uh, the uh, Skywatch TV virtual conference Exposing the Darkness Continues. My presentation is on the, uh, the, the Valley of the Shadow of Death and how it's actually a literal place. And Jesus kind of hinted at its location by where he chose to base his ministry. That's just one of two dozen presentations. Tom Horn, Joel Richardson, Pastor Carl Gallops, Rabbi Zeph Porat, Pastor Casper McLeod, Kenny C., many others. The complete list, Mondo de la Vega, uh, Zach Drew, uh, a lot of good friends on that list. Uh, you, you Just check out the website, DefenderConference.com. It's already out there and on the web as you're watching this, but it is available through February 4th. So you still got about three months to take advantage of all of these presentations, plus all six of Skywatch Films' feature-length documentaries, including the most recent, Ragnarok, Humanity's Last Stand. That's the one that's based on Tom Horn's best-selling book, The Wormwood Prophecy. Um, Josh Peck did a wonderful job producing it. He did an excellent job with the uh, content itself, and he surprised me because a year earlier I'd sat down with him for some other, for another project, and apparently found some stuff that I said that he wanted to include in this. I didn't even know I was in it until the film was out. So um, it was an honor to be a part of it. Uh, I get a little emotional, as I tend to do when I talk about the Bible and uh, the Word of God. So um, you get to see me get uh, get a little weepy toward the end of the film. Um, but uh, that's part of the uh, conference video package. So the six documentary films, along with all of the presentations, DefenderConference.com. There's still room for you on our tour of Israel coming up in late March, March 19th through 30th of 2023, with the optional three-day extension to Jordan, and perhaps perhaps a, uh, an exciting announcement about that to come in the days ahead. We'll let you know about that, but you can find out more, of course, at GilbertHouse.org slash travel. We're still uh, praying and uh, looking forward to next October perhaps traveling to Turkey and visiting sites like uh, the Churches of Revelation and Gobekli Tepe. That uh, information will also be at the website gilberthouse.org slash travel. And again, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to uh, give us an hour or so of your time. Uh, we uh, appreciate it if you got an extra moment to leave a review at uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Our announcer, the inimitable DC Good. And a view from the bunker is a production of Gilbert House Ministries, released under Creative Commons Attribution, um, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international license. Remember, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I'm Derek Gilbert, and this is a view from the bunker.